right. Welcome back to Cover Stories B-Sides. Today we have a special guest, the face of MySA.com, uh, Maddie Sky Mendoza. How's yes. it going? Doing well. Just have a couple tacos in me, ready to go. <laughs> cool. What kind of tacos? Uh, I actually had, I was trying to be healthy, so I had a chicken fajita taco on corn tortilla. I just, I had, I just found out I had diabetes, so I switched yeah. to corn, and yeah. I never realized how much I was missing. I love corn tortillas yeah. now. <laughs> I think, you know, my thing is that people are always like corn or flour, but I think corn is always better with like protein, like, like yeah. meats, fajitas, because it doesn't overpower. But like bean and cheese, you need a good flour tortilla. Yeah. yeah. It just, it feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like, yeah, like the beyond meat without the meat, without the beyond yeah. meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, so it, it, it has its benefits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today you uh, came out, you're going to be talking about Casey Musgraves' cover of Neon Moon, originally mm-hmm. by Bricks and Dunn. Yes. So we'd like to start off with the same way. Why this song? That song, because I always have, like, as most Texans are, you know, growing up in, like, the Hano culture, being at uh, uh, quinceaneras and weddings, like, you, everybody knows that song. Everybody's danced to it at middle school dances, high school dances. And I thought that I loved that version. And it, I've never found anything wrong with it. And I still don't. But then when I heard Casey Musgraves, on that reboot album with they had a bunch of different country artists redoing their songs that one like stuck out and to this day like I cannot get enough of it I've turned on so many of my girlfriends onto that version of it it's just so powerful and soulful and I think now hearing it and hearing a woman sing it it sounds it like hits even harder the way she sings it um it's just beautiful I I wish there was a music I don't know if there's a music video with it but I can only imagine it's just it feels like it was now that I hear it, it it was written more for a woman than a man. I feel like it's just like that longing and that, you know, you can probably imagine her sitting at like a gross dive bar and like seeing her new love or her old love walk in with a new love. And it's just like, I can feel it. I like, I feel you sis. Um, so I don't know. I just, it was, it was, I was entranced when I heard her version of it. And I was just going, I remember going, I was driving down Broadway right by UAW and I was going, I think I heard like the My Maria one that somebody else had covered another country singer. And then I heard that one and I like just played it over and over and over again. Um, and usually I don't like covers. Like for example, I didn't really, I knew that she made a lot of headlines and buzz when she covered Selena's music at the Houston rodeo. And I just kind of was like, eh, like, okay, that's very, it's kind of unoriginal, <laughs> right? Like you're going to wear a purple outfet and sing at the Houston rodeo Selena songs. And I wasn't, too shocked by that but when she did the neon moon one it's it's my favorite cover so far awesome yeah it's a it's interesting it's interesting take um so yeah like you were saying it's on the 2019 album reboot which is is technically bricks and done with casey musgraves Mm -hmm. even though she's taking the lead on everything Mm -hmm. Uh, i was reading a lot about that album and that um the uh it, the whole way it started was um somebody their manager their old manager was mm-hmm. at the CMT awards okay. and somebody i can't remember who it was was wearing a Brooks and Dunn shirt mm-hmm. and they asked him about as a younger artist like oh like you're into Brooks and Dunn it's like mm-hmm. yeah like they're the reason why I'm a country artist so wow. he pitched the idea to Brooks and Dunn like hey would you like to do this duet album and they kind of were like all right cool and they didn't prepare anything before they went into the studio mm-hmm. so everything was done in the studio wow. Casey Musgraves was the only one who brought her own band and was like this is what we're gonna do <laughs> that's so cool see I, I didn't know any about I didn't I didn't know any of the backstory so that's really cool to that she and to know that she really like dove into it and gave it her all and it shows on the song um yeah, I, every time I every time I hear it playing like at a bar or anywhere now, and I always tell people, tell people, "But have you heard the Casey Musgraves <laughs> version?" And they'll go and they'll listen to it. Um, I made a I made a friend in Chicago that he is like obsessed with Casey Musgraves, and he hadn't heard. I guess because he likes Casey Musgraves, but he doesn't. He's not familiar with country music the way Texans are. And I showed him that song, and he was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" I was like, "Yeah, listen to the original and then listen to this song." And granted, the original is still amazing, um, but yeah, Casey really she did her thing on. That that one yeah i think it's it's interesting what you mentioned earlier about female artists taking songs written by males mm-hmm. that it just feels like that just feels more natural because mm-hmm. uh, we talk about that a lot in here there's a mm-hmm. lot of of old-timey like it, it, to an extent there's old-timey songs that are written by males that that were performed by males mm-hmm. that, that come out like um otis redding wrote respect okay, Aretha yeah. franklin uh-huh. it's a cover but that's aretha franklin song you wow know? okay so like there's just so many aspects of, of female vocalists that i think it just there, there are things that just feel like it's more natural for mm-hmm. them and it's more it's more appropriate i guess mm-hmm. in in terms of the voice and right it just i think she does a great job with this cover and mm-hmm. i think that it's something that that um she makes it her own without mm-hmm. straying too far from the original right yeah i wish i could describe like the melody or like the 
I'm sure there's a different, I feel like it's more acoustic, right? Is it not more than the Brooks and Dunn? I'm not big on like instruments. Or I don't know what's even playing, but it, it, even the melody sounds different than the Brooks and Dunn version. Like it feels more like she's singing at a bar somewhere. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think that I, I like her version in the sense that it feels more neon. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it does. I like to consider her like neon country mm-hmm. because um, she obviously has tons of different influences and it's not just straight up country music, which if it was, mm-hmm. it's fine too. But it, it's still country, but there's there's just aspects of it that feel a little bit more poppy mm-hmm. and a little bit more like not synthy necessarily, mm-hmm. but a little bit more um, like chill wave inspired. Yeah. There's, there's this, like a twang to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. I think. I think she's super interesting in that, like, she is a younger artist in, in terms of country music, at mm-hmm. least. And even though she's been out for about a decade now. Yeah. And her and, like, people like like Chris Stapleton and um, and Sturgill Simpson are, are making country music, but they also have tons of other influences. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so cool to see that combination come together. Definitely. Chris Stapleton was on the reboot, too, right? Wasn't he? Or was am I imagining that? Didn't I'm not sure. The song? I think I, I, I have a list of who was on there, and I can't remember who else. Um, I think Luke Luke Combs was. Luke uh, Combs, was, yes. Luke Combs was the one with the bricks and dents shirt, okay, okay, actually. Yeah. He's great, too. I got to see him at a, uh, it was a surprise concert, and I had been wanting to see Luke Combs a lot. And because I forgot what song he just came out with that was a hit at that time. It was in 2019 before the pandemic. And I think it was Y100 that was like, we're going to do a surprise concert. The, the tickets are free, but the the catch is you don't know who you're going to see. Oh, cool. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. It was at Floor, Floor's Country Store. And we went and they kept dropping hints. And I was, when I found out it was him, I like screamed because it was like, <laughs> you couldn't, any concert that he had at the time was like selling out. I don't even think he was on tour. So he would just pop up at different places. And yeah, they brought him in and it was amazing. He's another really good, um, or one of my, another good country singer that I really like. So, but yeah. How do you feel about like country music and where it's going now versus growing up with the country music? Because I feel it's funny. My, I'm 33. My sister-in-law is about 28 or so. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about like, oh, I didn't like old school country, like 90s yeah. country. And I'm like, that's like just country to me. Yeah. Like, I like old like outlaw stuff too, but yeah. that's old country to me. How do you feel about the way country I, music has changed? So I, I, I can see where she's coming from because I always say I don't like bro country. Like I don't like... Walmart country. Walmart. Yeah. Like <laughs> I used to really like, what's his name? Um, Luke Bryan when I was in college, but now it's just like, this is so cheesy. I don't really like this. Um, I really like Easton Corbin. He has, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Easton Corbin. He has kind of, he doesn't produce as much as he used to, but he reminded me a lot of George Strait. He, he's kind of like a younger George Strait. Um, I like more like country love songs but I don't like like there's a song I heard the other day that was like this is God's country or it's like this is I don't like that type of stuff I don't like the stuff that involves a lot of politics or you know this is so and so's country or this is this country or this is this is what we're made of I don't like that type of stuff but like good honky tonk boot scootin' like neon moon uh, there's a tear in my beer type I like that <laughs> yeah that type of I guess like your sister said like 90s country Alan Jackson yeah stuff yeah and it's funny because that was like country music was the first thing I ever like remember listening to I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan when yeah, I was a Garth kid Garth Brooks is great yeah like Garth Brooks was my Justin Bieber essentially <laughs> oh, wow yeah yeah and um, I, I think that, you know, that's what I grew up with. I kind of grew out of it to a point. I definitely got to a point in middle school and high school where, like, I got into, like, punk rock and stuff. And, like, country music was so, like, not yeah. for me. And as I went to college and got older, I've kind of rediscovered, like, Johnny Cash and, like, mm-hmm. the outlaw stuff. And it's kind of brought me back full circle, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting because Casey Musgraves has this, like, old soul type mm-hmm. of country vibe. But it's still very contemporary. She has these influences. Like, she talks about, like, emo music a lot. And yeah. she loves emo. And she also, you can hear, in, especially in a new album, there's a lot of like trip hop, like 90s mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, just it's the whole vibe of mm-hmm. her music is just so different than what country music is. Yeah. She's great. I, I like I, I mentioned off, you know, before we started, I haven't really dived too much into her latest album, but I have heard, like, I think it was Breadwinner that I liked. And I just can't get into it because it's so sad but I know that that's the part of her life that she's sharing with everybody which is great but I haven't really been able to enjoy it really I guess I need to be in a sad mood to sit there and like this is this is where I feel but she did have a song what is it called it was the one about let me see if I could google it it was like something about the rain um 
Rain Shower, Rainbow. Rainbow? Rainbow, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I love that song. That, But that's not on this album. I don't think that's... Doesn't Golden uh, Hour. Golden thing. Hour, yeah, yeah. I really liked Golden Hour. So, but that's just to show, like, I like Casey Musgraves, and if she would, if I had tickets to go see her, I would be more than happy, but I'm not just, like, standing this song because I'm a huge Casey yeah. Musgraves stan. Like, I just think she did really great. I think she's awesome, but I don't know, like... I'm more of a, like, Alina Baraz. I don't know if you're familiar with Alina Baraz. Like, I love everything she makes. Like, I will stand by it. Um, but, yeah, so that's my definitely. I'm sure if I could think of more covers, I could give you another one. But that's just the one that sticks out the most. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's just a testament to how good the song is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I, there are people who love songs because they love the artist. And everybody mm-hmm. just love the songs, yeah. you know. And I think that it's something that, that kind of stuck out for me. Because like you said, like Neon Moon is, is a dance classic. It's something mm-hmm. that you probably had your first dance to yeah. in sixth grade or whatever. Yeah. And it's uh, it's something that I never really. I'm one of my biggest blind spots with listening to music is I unless the music, the lyrics are obvious, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're about. Really, I have to like dig in to yeah. actually read them. I'll be singing along and I'm like, oh, this song's about drugs. I didn't know that. <laughs> Sometimes it's pretty hidden, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I I love that like Neon Moon is just so the the poetic like it's very like this like vagabond like you know. The neon moon is the the light that says open at the bar. Yeah, and that's yeah. like the saddest thing, but yeah. it's also beautiful because you can totally imagine like i guess too like i've been that person at weddings and quinceaneras where everybody gets up and dances and i'm just sitting there watching all the couples dance and it's just like this is this is depressing <laughs> and it's like I could, I could see her doing the same thing or just like even more so now that she's hitting that you know sad phase of her life but it's just i want everybody to hear that song i want everybody to be as obsessed with it as i am and it's been out for a couple years now and still like i'll have it part of my playlist it's kind of like my chill unwinding playlist that I listen to. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think about it too. I think that, I mean, cause it's, it's a ballad, but mm-hmm. when Ronnie Dunn sings it, there's a little bit of almost like he's singing to somebody. It feels almost like a love song the way mm-hmm. he sings it, even though it's a mm-hmm. sad song and Casey Musgraves, it feels like a sad song. Yeah. It feels like she's owning it. Like yeah. this is like her heartbreak for sure. And yeah, just I wish I wish I could listen to it right now. I'm gonna have my mom play it right now in the car. <laughs> it's so good. So, and I, I think it's very underrated too. Like I don't think, like I could still tell people like, oh yeah, there's a song and they don't know what I'm talking about. It's a very underrated cover. I feel because I don't know many people, many people outside of country music that let's say like they grew up with country music and then you know they're not so much of a fan anymore. I don't think that they know Brooks and Dunn did that whole reboot. So when I show them that song they're always pretty surprised yeah we actually we had someone cover um uh you're gonna miss me when i'm gone by bricks and dunn okay and i did a whole bunch of research and that was around the time that that album came out really had no idea that album existed till you brought it up yeah so it's it's cool that yeah it is kind of under the radar Mm -hmm. even though i think it went platinum is it i think it went it sold a lot i know that yeah good i I got a lot of streams for me i know that for sure and even like i said the my maria cover is great too i forgot who did it it might have been luke holmes but and i'm pretty sure easton corbin the guy i mentioned earlier i'm pretty sure he's on there too but i could be wrong but uh yeah it was just a great idea i think it was a great way to to merge like the new the new country with old 90s country because a lot of the newer artists are people like millennials follow like Casey Musgraves, Easton Corbin, Luke Holmes, and then they get a little bit of their nostalgic childhood, you know, listening to stuff with their grandparents in the car or at quinceaneras and weddings and or middle school. But I think it was a good way to bridge those two and give the the new consumers something to be excited about, which was I think obviously very smart too. So yeah, I think that Bricks and Dent, I, I watched a lot of interviews with them talking about like doing promoting for this album. And I appreciate that they're a bunch of old guys who've been <laughs> in the, the business even before they were together. They were mm-hmm. solo artists, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the 80s and they've seen everything. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're not only just embracing these younger artists, but they're like learning things from them, too. Yeah. It's cool to see artists who kind of do that. Willie Nelson's a big example of that. Yeah. He just he bring, he's him and Casey Musgraves are, mm-hmm. are, are homies, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I was watching and when they were promoting this album, it was around the time that um, uh, O-Town Road had just kind of been released. Mm-hmm. So they asked him about that. And um, and uh, and Kicks, uh, Brooks was talking about how he he doesn't consider it country, but also who is he to say what is country and what isn't? Yeah, that's true. And I feel like they, a lot of the younger 
country artists are, are mixing that a lot. Chris Stapleton has a lot of like, you can hear like Aretha Franklin in his mm-hmm, voice. You can mm-hmm. tell he was into like 60s girl groups and soul. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool that, that they're kind of, country music is evolving. All music evolves and right. genre is becoming kind of more and more irrelevant. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you consider a country song? Or do you have anything that you consider what makes a country, country song? song? Okay, when I think of country, I'm just going to be like very typical and say George Strait. Like, that's country to me. Um, I'm a huge George Strait fan. And so I'm actually going to go see him in ACL, but I also want to see Meg The Stallion. So I'm like, I hope they're not at the same time because I don't know who I'm going to pick. <laughs> um, but like, that's country to me. And I even told my friends, like, if it comes down to they both have the same set time, I'm going to see Meg. Because if not, I can just go see George Strait at the rodeo and at Houston. And that's going to be, I'm sure he's going to go all out there because he's going to be in his element, like it's in the rodeo. So I feel like I'd get a better experience there because George Strait is country music to me. Um, and so, yeah, like that's what I was going back to, like the the, the bro country stuff. I don't even like, <laughs> I feel like Miranda Lambert kind of like tiptoes that line where I'm like, this is more like poppy. And she'll do something like that Tequila Does song. I don't know if you've heard of Tequila Does. I think so. Yeah. It's like. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is cute. I like this song. But then I'm like, this is kind of like, I don't like, I don't like the music video. There was a lot of like stereotypes. There's people like running around in set is and like, I was like, this is kind of cringe. I don't, I don't know if I, if I see this. <laughs> the, the, the music video also always has a lot to do with how the the song is interpreted. And now that I hear the song, even though I used to like it, I just see people wearing like sombreros and I don't like, this is gross. Yeah. yeah I don't really like this. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, country music to me is is George Strait and now like the newer people is like Easton Corbin. So I'm very sad that he does not like his caliber isn't up there anymore. But um and Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton too. I really like him. I know he does a lot of cool stuff with or he did a, a cool song with Justin Timberlake. Um so that's kind of like where you said the the genres are kind of meshing together and becoming new. Um yeah. Yeah, we actually had an episode about Tennessee Whiskey okay. and um, about that cover. Mm-hmm. And he did that with Justin Timberlake. At, mm-hmm. I think it was a CMT Awards. Yeah, I think so. And uh, that song's been covered several times. And, and you know, the original, the David Allen Cole version is very, like, honky-tonk. Really? It's, it's very, like, it's very, like, I, I feel like if that were a bar, I would feel uncomfortable being there because of the color of my skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then the, the second version of that, I can't remember the name of the person who did it, but it's a little bit more like the the like rhinestone cowboy type country. Okay. So it's yeah. a little bit more like like elevated. And Chris Stapleton's version is a lot more like more soulful. You yeah, know? I didn't even know it was a cover. Yeah. I learned something new today. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was his song. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he owns it. Like he, okay. it's, it, it, essentially it is his song. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we talk about a lot how Dolly Parton always talks about Whitney Houston's cover of uh, I Will Always Love You. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dolly Parton's like, no, oh, that's not my song anymore. Like, that's Whitney's song. Oh, that's and it awesome. will forever be Whitney's song. Yeah. That's how I feel about Chris Stapleton's version of Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. Interesting. Now I have to go listen to the original. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, you're going to hear it. It's going to be like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, I feel uncomfy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's still catchy. It's just mm-hmm. it's just very like, you know, it's just like record scratching walking into the bar type for me. Yeah. At least. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there are anything songs that I wouldn't want to be covered. I guess I feel that way with Selena songs. Like I don't really, when I hear Selena songs being covered, I'm like, don't, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Like, <laughs> but uh, I did like, I think it was Becky G, Becky G's done a couple of covers that are really good of Selena, I think. But that's probably some per- a person that I'm like, you can't recreate that. Like that's just golden the way it is. But, uh, and I wouldn't want to see like, like I, I, I'm running around in circles, but I don't think that her music could be covered well. Yeah. I guess is what no, I'm saying. I think there's also definitely like a thin line between like paying homage and then like doing stuff to it that kind of makes it about you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's I, what I'm getting at. Yeah. I feel like most, I feel like Musgrave's cover of Como La Flor is, is very tribute-y. It's, yeah. it, it's not, she's not taking too many liberties and, mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, I mean, I think even um, Cardi B, like, mm-hmm. covered it a little bit or, like, a she piece of Like, a little it. sample, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just more of, like, and I hear her in her interviews all the time. She's always talking about how much she loves Selena. Yeah. It doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't yeah. feel like uh, she's trying to, like. Pandering. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, growing up in Texas, I'm sure she, you know, yeah. I believe her when she says it. Yeah, she had. Uh, 
Cardi B when before she took, I think it was a bit before or after. It might have been after because she had said, actually, no, but it was before. She, I think she had already known that she had sold out the Houston Rodeo. And I don't know if you saw that video she did on Instagram. She was like walking through the halls, the backstage, and she did like a little spin. And like she sang to Selena's picture because she was basically like out of respect because she broke Selena's record, I think, of filling out the the Houston is Astrodome. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, I think it was Astrodome. So yeah. I thought that was cute. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. And it's one of those things that like when it comes to people in Texas, I always associate like Selena's fandom with Texas. And I always forget how far stretched out like there are people in, like I mean, Cardi B is not from Texas mm-hmm. and she had this loving of Selena, you know, yeah. um, I mean, when Beyonce talks about Selena, it's like, oh, OK, yeah, because she grew up in Houston. Houston yeah, you know? I was in Chicago recently and I was like, wow, Chicago is giving San Antonio a run for their money with their Selena love. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy because. As many, I, I, we have a few murals here of Selena, but Chicago has like, who are you trying to prove to yourself, <laughs> us or you? Because there's like, mur- it's all great. I love that there's so many murals of her there. But that's like, that's just crazy that it's, you know, it, it, and even recently I went to Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica and they, I feel like they had one really long song of all her all her songs meshed together and a lot of the restaurants and bars that I went to or like gift shops, at least once they would play that song. And I was like, this that's, I mean, yes, it's Latino, it's another Latino country, but that's Costa Rica. Yeah. Like you expect that from Mexico or like any of the countries immediately around Mexico, but Costa Rica was, it was pretty, it took me a second. I was like, this is awesome. It was a, it was a moment for sure. Um, and even like took a video. I was like, I had to show my friends that they were playing it there, but it I had never heard that mix. It was just a mix of all of her hits together it wasn't even like a disco medley or anything it was just like two minutes of each one that's awesome yeah <laughs> that's really cool i i appreciate just that i mean growing up in selena she was even before she died I, she was essentially like a deity i was really little mm-hmm. when she died and i remember going to school i was like in first or second grade and these fifth graders were talking about like stuff that like oh yeah selena like mm-hmm. they were like, talking like kind of vulgar mm-hmm. and i was just like like i was like <laughs> touching my pearls like you can't talk about that her that the way queen. yeah yeah <laughs> it yeah. just felt so like it's like talking about like a god that way yeah. <laughs> to me at that time it's so crazy yeah it's and it's crazy to think that obviously like she's from the houston lake jackson area and then corpus christi but san antonio is part of that history um which is something I'm always really proud of um, that she considers an attorney a second home. But yeah, with, uh, she's off limits. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. I mean, her music is so, it's it's so uh, transcending. Mm-hmm. It was, obviously, she goes beyond down, even before her English stuff came out. You know, I, I think that, you know, the, the movies and the shows try to pay tribute to the fact that she loved Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. She loved Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. Jody Watley. Yeah. Um, and then they cover, they technically cover a Pretender song with um, Fotos y Recuerdos, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember hearing the Pretender's version, the original version, and thinking like, oh, these, this band is like covering Selena. And like, no, this came out like 10 years before that. Yeah. The okay. Words are I, that's different. something else I learned today. I didn't know that that was a cover either. Yeah. it's um, And I, I love the Pretenders. Yeah. Like they were one of my, my favorite. It's Back on the Chain Gang. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Fotos y Recuerdos is Back on the Chain Gang. They just changed the words. Oh. And yeah. I mean, she had a big rock sound. I mean, AB was was huge in the production. I, I I didn't appreciate his production until I actually like yeah. dug into mm-hmm. everything that they did together and, mm-hmm. and how they were able to to make music that was both um, you know appealing to to Tejano fans and yeah. also to like a wider audience as well. Mm-hmm. And to make it, and it never felt like she was jeopardizing who she was as a person. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. also trying to find out who she was as a person. And then you mix it with all the fashion yeah. and the stage presence, that stage presence. Like I could just sit there and watch videos and videos and videos of her concerts because I mean, I don't know a lot about being on stage, but I feel like she nailed it every time. And then you think about like the singing and the spinning in circles and like she didn't, that's, she wasn't like, you know, JLo now or Ariana Grande now where they have like teams that train you and you have practices. Like that was just all organic. Um, it's just it's mind-boggling so it makes me even like sadder that that she was taken so young because i like we talked about rickson dunn and, and willie nelson like i could see her embracing mm-hmm. younger culture and mm-hmm. i could see her like doing a collab with mm-hmm. with other you know musicians or of she, different genres she i think it was in chris's book where he mentioned that she was like she really loved garth brooks um i think he said something like the first time that he had met her or seen her he was at their house and she was like she had rented a limo for her and her girlfriends to go see Garth Brooks. And like to think that would have been such a cool collab, like a Selena Garth oh, Brooks yeah. collab would have been amazing Two of my favorites. Um, just all the possibilities. And that's just like the whole thing, right? With Selena that everybody just mourns the possibilities that that could have been. Um, 
But I could definitely see her doing like crossover stuff like Casey Musgraves did with uh, Neon Moon. So maybe that's maybe that's why I like it, too. I don't know. But it, like I said, it just feels so much more soulful with a woman singing it. Yeah. Um, and it's just beautiful. Definitely. I, I just I, I appreciate so much about I. I, I think I told you before we started, like I had very surface level knowledge of Casey Musgraves. <laughs> so I've literally like my Spotify is probably like algorithm is set up for like, I'm going to get some Casey Musgraves good. on some of these yeah, playlists. Good. And, uh, and this podcast in general has made me listen to a lot more country music because we've yeah. had a few country artists, people who covered country artists. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting just because like you talk about bro country mm-hmm. that I'm sure I, I'm not the only one. I have a lot of people who I know say they don't like country because that's what they associate yeah. with country. And it's so much more than that. It's definitely like a spectrum. Right. Yeah. And there's so many aspects of it that are are kind of catered to different types of people. And, mm-hmm. and there's not just one answer for what is country music. It's kind of like tacos. Like yeah. <laughs> there's certain places here that I'm like, God, I hate that that taco place is so like close to the airport because people are going to get off the plane and think that that's tacos and it's not. <laughs> um, that's kind of how country music is. It's, I'm sure it's like that with like every genre. Like there's rap too that people are like, well, that's not rap. This yeah. is rap. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of bro country. I'm trying to think of like bro country artists that I'm like just like Alabama, Florida line. Yes, Georgia, Florida, Florida, Georgia line. line. <laughs> Although there is a song that I hate to admit that I love. I think it's called. Um, I when I heard it, I was like, "Who is this? It's such a good song." And then I was like, "Florida, Georgia line." No, not them. <laughs> it's something about like t-shirt. Got you down to a t-shirt, something like that. Uh, Maureen Morris's husband. She's an, she's like a Casey Musgraves type. Her husband is a really good. Uh, let me see. He, let me find out his name. Not Thomas Red. It's something completely different. But he is a good version, a different version of country music that I appreciate too. It's it, he has like a lot of uh, love songs. Um, I think I could be wrong. Let me see. Husband, she's great too. Ryan Hurd. Okay. He's, Ryan Hurd's cool. Um, I like his music, and I don't really know what you would class, what kind of country you would classify that as, but it's very slow and something that you want to like wind down with some wine and like cuddle up type country music, love, love songs, I guess. Um, but definitely not about Fort Florida, Georgia line. Sorry to Florida, Georgia line fans, but it's not my, not my time. Yeah. I think it's, it's just funny. Cause they're, that that's kind of the mentality now. I mean, I think that, I mean, I, it's essentially like post nine 11 culture is Toby Keith. Yeah. And, and, and that brand of like country, which is ironic because Toby Keith's like, not to get political, he's not even like a Republican. He's an independent. You know, yeah. he was a Democrat before that. And so there's like there's there's so many things about country music that that there's been this like brand that has come out. Yeah. Post nine eleven especially, and there that's kind of taken over the mindset of a lot of people who don't listen to country. Right. I used to love Texas country. I used to be like all about it in college. I used to go to all the Josh Abbott band concerts, all the Eli Young band concerts. I actually have a voicemail from Eli Young band, which I cherish still. My friend was like their stage manager or something and had them sing me a song into my voicemail. Oh, it was yeah. great. They changed all the words to my name and I loved it. But now I'm not I'm not about it. There's like a lot of lyrics or just like culture that I don't support and I'm not about Texas country music anymore. Like not the the newer the newer artist, I guess. I just can't connect to it. Um when I was in college, it was like all the bars um, were like Thirsty Horse, Wild West, even a little bit of Cowboys. And that's all that people would listen to. So, of course, you know, th- it's the environment that you're in. And that was like the thing to do. I had like cowboy boots, the buckle, like the whole thing. And now I look back at those pictures like, who was I? I actually had a <laughs> buckle, like I had a buckle on my jeans. Um, but Eli Young Band, Josh Abbott were some of my favorites too. Uh, back around like 2011, 2014-ish. And that's, I think that's Texas country. It could be, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's Texas country. But they've kind of... Um, I think they've all gone different paths and they stopped making music, I think. I don't really keep up now. I'm more like I've gotten more into hip hop or just uh, like R&B. So I don't really listen to it too much. I think it's interesting, too, because with with Casey Musgraves, I mean, she gets a lot of uh, well-received. Like It's well-deserved for being real progressive Mm -hmm. um, and and. People act like this is the first country artist who is progressive. And <laughs> you look at like she hangs out with Willie Nelson. Yeah. Like, he's right there. She's like, like, the, she's like Willie Nelson's unofficial granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> and like Willie Nelson's always been really progressive. I mean, Johnny Cash had progressive politics, too. And, mm-hmm. and uh, for the most part, uh, you know, and there, there's a lot of female 
country western artists who have have kind of been very progressive and, and mm-hmm. really i mean dolly parton is a big example of that yeah, too love dolly parton i wanted the moderna vaccines i was like that's the one dolly parton <laughs> funded that one that's the one i'm getting i'll take the dolly parton one <laughs> but uh like we talked a little bit about, about marie morris um she had a song called girl and like the video is really touching. It's basically just like all the things that women go through, like single single moms, um, you know, women trying to just make it and, you know, these gritty jobs. And she it's just like a like a, like a very it's a women empowerment song. Um, and I think she I would love to see her and her and Casey Musgraves do some things. I think they'd be great together. But I think she just had a baby. Um, but she's she's another artist that I I like to listen to and I guess qualifies as country, but her songs have a lot of meaning. It's not just about like, you know, getting drunk in a bar. It's a lot of uh, stuff that resonates. So. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that the people tend to think about, like they hear country music and they think like, okay, this is going to be about trucks. It's going to be about drinking. It's going to be, and then it's not Heartbreak, all. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of like indie artists who are kind of leaning more towards country. Um, you know, like there's people like like Jenny Lewis and 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 people who were you could tell there's influence there, but they're coming from like a pop or indie mm-hmm. rock background. And it's interesting to see like kind of the flip of that. Um, did you listen to like Taylor Swift when she was like a country yes. artist? It's funny that you just said that because I unlocked a memory not too long ago. I was thinking about the old Hemisphere Park arch. I was trying to write a story about it. And one of my memories of it is back in 2008 when San Antonio hosted the final four that year, I got to see Taylor Swift for free. Like, oh, yeah. Imagine now getting a Taylor Swift concert for free. That's like <laughs> unimaginable. And on top of that, she wasn't even the main attraction. Like she opened for All American Rejects. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's before All American Rejects had come out with like Gives You Hell. And the crowd was kind of like, it was a healthy crowd to see Taylor Swift. But when All American Rejects came in, it was just like everybody crowded in around that arch. (laughs) And so to think of it now, it's like, wow, Taylor Swift was the opening act for All American Rejects. But yeah, she was like in the thick of her like teardrops on my guitar, like super tight curl hair. That's when she was like the peak country. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, that's when I started liking her was um, her country stuff. And actually... I feel like now I don't really listen to her like new albums. Um, I know a lot of my friends continued being like hardcore Swifties now, even as adults, but I don't really, I couldn't tell you a song off of her new stuff. Not to say that I wouldn't like it. I just, I guess I was more of a Taylor Swift country fan and then like poppy stuff like the 2015, like uh, what was her song? Just like all her fun, young, like 22 or 20, is it? Feeling 22. Yeah, that song. Okay. But I, when she did the like cabin in the woods type stuff, I didn't, I did. That's what I always think when I think of her newer stuff. I'm like, that's like, we go listen to like and curl up with like a fleece sweater and stuff. <laughs> that's not really my vibe. But yes, I followed her from the beginning. So I think with, with her, it's interesting because they, they obviously, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of journalists who kind of compare her with Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. And, and because they are transitioning, they're not transitioning necessarily, um, but they they are kind of becoming more poppy, more well known as they've gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Their albums have become a little bit more and more pop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so hard to remember. It's so, so hard to like think about the fact that like it almost feels like there's two different artists of Taylor Swift. You know, mm-hmm. there is that country artist, but there's also like teenage country artist because she was essentially like she essentially grew up in front of mm-hmm. the mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and to see her kind of evolve. And, and it, it's always funny whenever I talk to people about her, there's there's a few different camps behind mm-hmm. her. There's people who are just kind of sick of her, <laughs> her like as a celebrity, yeah. not so much as an artist. And then there are people who you wouldn't expect who listen to like a specific type of music, very like rock oriented or very like songwriter oriented. And they love Taylor Swift. Right. Because I think everybody can appreciate her songwriting. Yeah. There was a time where I would get really annoyed because I felt like all of her songs were about like taking like guys from girls. I felt like there was a couple of ones that were like, I'm going to steal your boyfriend type. And I was like, does she have any more content than this? And it was like, <laughs> I feel like that she had like two or three songs. and I just got annoyed and like turned off by it. And then now I fell back into it. And I was like, all right, Taylor Swift, I, I forgive you. You're back on the, <laughs> back on the Taylor Swift bus. I think she's great. Um yeah, she. I, I. I should give her other stuff a listen. I just get so, like, tied to my playlist that I have, and it's just like my go-to that I don't really explore. Or I can't. The thing is, I feel like most people get to listen to music while they're working or they're doing stuff, but I can't listen to music and concentrate at the same time. I have to just have silence. 
So, and then when I'm driving, I just go to my my go-to stuff. So I should really take time to listen to other stuff, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, especially the way it's so easy to consume music now. Mm-hmm. It's the most, like the biggest irony in the fact that we're able to like access so much music yeah. at our fingertips. We always only listen to like what, mm-hmm. I think everyone, most people are like that. And you have your playlist and you have these set up. And there's like tons of new stuff being released every Friday. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you're still like, okay, unless there's an artist that I'm like really familiar with, I'm probably going to just stick with what I know, yeah. what I like. Yeah. I have, like I said, I mentioned Elena Braz earlier and I don't remember how I discovered her. It probably was one of those things like that Spotify curates the like discover weekly. I love literally every single song she's ever made. And same thing with Janae Aiko. I love her too. Um, so yeah, like like soft R and B, um, but I need I need, I would love to actually. I, I, it's sad that like the buzzier the the album release, like of course I I listen to Drake, like most of it, um, and I have like I didn't listen to the whole album, but I knew I had to go listen to that because I knew people were going to be talking about it. So I was like, yeah. I have to figure out what they're talking about. And like I did I did mention I meant I listened to a couple of Casey Musgrave songs, but I didn't get through the whole thing. I think I listened to the main one like Star Crossed. Um, I was like, oh, this is sad. <laughs> um, and the breadwinner one where I was like, okay, this, this resonates too. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, when new stuff comes out, especially it's almost like a new TV show coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's meme culture now and mm-hmm. there's, there's yeah. so much stuff Memes. like associated with it. And like, you want to, it's not even about like wanting to stay connected, but rather like, oh, I want to be a part of this just yeah. to understand this I one tweet. I have to tweet. know what's going on. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And the thing too, I was just telling one of my friends that like, I hate that these TikTok songs are what like stick. And I'm like, 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 like I'm like, oh, I like that song because I heard it on TikTok. And then I hear it on the radio and it's like, wow, that's a whole other platform now to get your music out there. Yeah. Like I've, I just like, like listening to just the regular radio, like a, a long drive, I could hear like three songs that I first heard on TikTok, which is something that I'm sure the music industry is studying and figuring out. Like I know I had heard about when Kylie Jenner was like at the, becoming like such a big Instagram influence that artists would pay her to just have their song playing in the background of like her car selfie and you could hear it and you're like, what is that song? And then they would go Google it. And it was just so crazy to me. They would pay her like thousands to play their song in the background of like a five second video. Um, I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. I could be, I don't want to be blurting out fake news, but I'm pretty sure that was part of her, her beginning influence. Um, but yeah, TikTok is TikTok is another one. Like there was a TikTok challenge that came out and it's something to do with a couple. And I was like, this I've heard this country song somewhere, but I don't know where it is. And I literally Googled it and ended up being like an old Hannah Montana song. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> something just un- un- unlocked, unlocked another memory. Um I was like, leave it to TikTok to bring back Hannah Montana songs. Um that's another crazy transition oh, is yeah. uh, Miley. Yeah, Miley's another crazy transition that it, I don't follow her too much, just like the hits, but it's still so crazy to think about where she started and and the success that she had after Hannah Montana. Yeah, I think that's more, it's probably more of a fair parallel than than Taylor Swift to an extent for Casey Musgraves mm-hmm. because their, their growth in the sense um, of how they are making their music is very mm-hmm. similar. And the, the biggest difference is that Casey Musgraves is a little bit more mature and it's not like mm-hmm. a diss on Miley necessarily, mm-hmm. but like you get huge when you're 16. Like, mm-hmm. how are you going to like handle that? I don't know how I would handle that. Yeah, definitely not. My brother and I talk about if Vine or like TikTok was around when we were like in college or in high school, like we probably would have gotten arrested for doing dumb yeah. stuff, you know, and to have like any kind of fame at that level. And I think the thing that Casey Musgraves, the one thing that that's really I think she probably appreciates is that she started out as just a songwriter. Mm-hmm. She'd write songs for other people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that kind of puts an, enough to where you can learn about the industry without being sucked into it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I mean, yeah. Everybody can say this about their favorite artists or people that they like, but I feel like she's very humble about who she is. Like I follow her on Twitter. She's a great Twitter follow. And it's just like she's just seems very chill and like she's um, very involved in in politics, but in a way that it's not so she doesn't divide her her fan base. I don't feel like Um, and it feels like if if you see her at a bar, like you probably just go tell her hi and she'd be really chill about it um yeah so it's like now taylor swift i'd be like oh i can't go talk to her this is like (laughs) one of the highest paid female celebrities um but yeah she's great i love her um i love her style too like 
if I ever go to a country bar, I want to dress like Casey Musgraves. Like her style is still very country, but like you said, like very twangy, neon-y. Whenever I see like neon, there's like these neon cowboy hats now that I'm like, that looks like something she would wear. Like these like rhinestone encrusted uh, hats. And this is great. I would love to see her and Meg, Meg Thee Stallion do a song together. I don't know how they could <laughs> ma- mesh that mesh t- together, but it'd be great. Because I think of Meg Thee Stallion and she has like a whole like rhinestone cowboy outfit. They'd be great together in their uh, so Casey Musgraves is from where? I think Dallas, right? She's from Golden, Texas. Golden. I think where that's that? near Dallas, okay, I yeah. think, or See, Fort Worth. Gotta have all the Texas girls together. But yeah. uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Putting that out there into the world, manifest a Meg Thee Stallion, Casey Musgraves song. I think that there is a precedent for that in the sense that there we've seen the lowest of what that can be, which I think it's the lowest. Is, is LL Cool J and Brad Paisley. Was it Brad Paisley? I don't know. I know that. Accidental ne- racist. Oh, I don't know about that. It's the worst collaboration. Like the Nelly and Tim McGraw one that, is good. Yeah. And that one's fine. That's what I was thinking. Or Nelly and Florida Georgia line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, like Brad Paisley, literally put out a song with Ella Cool J called Accidental Racist, where one no. of the lines was, if you, something about wearing gold chains and we'll stop talking about putting you in chains or something awful. Like it oh, was no. really, I can't believe it was on the radio. Oh no, I've never heard that one this before. The most tone deaf thing <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard. How long ago was this? Uh, Pretty recent. It was like six or seven years <gasps> ago. Oh my God. It was definitely in the last decade. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. See, well, like going back to like Nelly and Florida Georgia Line or Nelly to McGraw, <laughs> there's there's room for it to be done. So that would be great. I wonder if they even like if they know each other or could collaborate. That'd be awesome. I think that. Yeah, I think that there is definitely because, I mean, um, Casey Meskers did a whole set with uh, with Katy Perry on okay. CMT Crossroads and they would play each other songs together. Mm-hmm. They do one verse and kind of switch off. And then, um, and, and in all fairness, like Katy Perry started out as a country star. Mm-hmm. So um, there, there is that, that connection there. But I mean, I think there's definitely room for it. There's definitely something that can be done. And I mean, you see everything Lil Nas X has accomplished with just <laughs> one single and in yeah. all the remixes that came after that. Yeah. And now he's doing his own thing. He's talking about going back to country in the next album. Wow, that'd be interesting. So, yeah. I or think- even that song, what was it called? The Get Up? That was pretty viral for like twenty summer twenty nineteen I think I don't even know what you could if you would consider it country or pop or pop country but it was like a very I forgot what his name was but he's going on tour with Nelly now oh really yeah the, whoever uh, something Brown his last name is Brown but he did the Get Up song um, and uh, Meg Thee Stallion just did something with BTS that butter oh, yeah. that butter <laughs> song I actually haven't listened to it in, t- in its entirety but I love I love those those random collaborations like that so. That would be amazing. I think it's cool to see when you have a perception of an artist and then they either do a collaboration or they start talking about music that you would not expect them to listen to Mm -hmm. for one reason or the other, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no reason why, like, looking at Casey Musgraves, I wouldn't, like, think that she likes emo music or anything like that. But the (laughs) fact that she talks about it so vividly and then her ex-husband, Rustin Kelly, put out an album, an EP called Dirt Emo, where he covers emo songs in a country style. And and just to to see that all come together, I it makes me realize that there are people our age who are now running things. Yeah, you know there are people who we are are essentially peers with who are, are making decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I I I've talked so much about Olivia Rodrigo this yeah. season of our podcast. <laughs> she's great, and I think there that's another indication. She's a teenager. She's a Gen Z, but there's definitely people at in the higher ups who are like, oh, like, like. I want to put this out because it reminds me of like 90s alt rock. Yeah, there was a, I hate to keep going back to TikTok, but there was a TikTok where it was like, why do uh, like girls in their tw- in their late 20s, early 30s, why are we so attracted to Olivia Rodrigo's music? And then they like kind of, they they flipped it with a little bit of Paramore and like the similarities between Paramore and Olivia Rodrigo. And it's like, yes, that's why I, I yeah. remember, like I feel like I'm 15 again listening to her music. Um, and that's just like a whole other thing. It's like, Literally, like she's singing about like her high school boyfriend, her teenage boyfriend, but like I feel that too in my heart. Like it just shows the the, the feelings, the the romance is just like trans. It just spans generations, um, and I know all of all of my girlfriends feel the same way about Olivia Rodrigo. It's like yes, I feel like I'm in high school again. Yeah, which is also like why am I still dealing with high school problems? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we talk a lot about how like this specific can become universal and mm-hmm. I think she does that really well like driver's license is yeah. heartbreaking and I'm like I've had my driver's license for 20 years <laughs> yeah. almost like, I said it I was the way I was describing is like part of me part of me wants to like hold her and tell her it's gonna be okay <laughs> and the other part of me wants to like cry with her like <laughs> I feel you because it's like those are memories that everybody where I know like I could I, I was in that situation when I got my driver's license or when I first started driving ground and like 
you know, wishing that you could go to somebody's house or wondering what they're doing or just that feeling of being replaced. Like I think a lot of her music deals with being replaced and nobody likes that feeling. And I think everybody has felt that at some point of their life. And it's like that ugly jealousy that you feel deep inside that it's just like consuming. Um, and she hits on all those points and it's like, oh, you're, you're unlocking some unhealed trauma. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, um, it's just, it's just a testament to, I think she's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting because she is just, um, I mean, she's what, 18, 19? I don't know. I don't even know. She's somewhere in the teens. I know she's not able to drink in bars. Yeah. I know she's that yeah, young. She's definitely under 21 for sure. And I, I never ever thought I, I've been definitely listening to a lot more um, female vocal vocalists, mm-hmm. and, and and over the past few years, uh, and I, I never thought that I would be able to like <laughs> not even just relate, just to like sit in my car and like enjoy yeah. like music from someone who is born like in two decades after me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a like side story. I was feeling one of her songs. I think it's called like Enough for You or something. If you listen to the lyrics, it's very sad. And I sent it to somebody. I sent it to a guy just like trying to get a point across and he was like, I'm not gonna listen to a teenager. I'm sorry. I was like, well you're missing <laughs> out because this is some great music. Um but she's she's awesome. I was totally surprised. When I first heard Driver's License, okay, I was like, this is and then I, I grew on I grew into it and then she released that whole album and I was like tearing up, feeling angry, all the emotions. Um so I'm excited to see what she does next and how she grows as an artist. Um, yeah, Sour's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I got to stop talking about it because all my friends are giving me crap. Because <laughs> I mention her every single Your episode. Your group chat's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's become a thing. Like we might as well call this to like Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo season. It, it was crazy because I even was like, I was talking about it with one of my girlfriends and she brought up like, I didn't know much of the backstory or like what provoked her to release all this really sad angsty music. And then she, I don't know the guy's name anymore or the other girl's name, but at one point I was like in the weeds Googling like their whole timeline <laughs> and love. So I was like, what am I doing? These are teenagers. Like, I don't even know who these people are. And then I realized that I liked, I think her last name is Carpenter. Yeah. The other girl's name is Carpenter. Last name's Carpenter. And I was like, wow. I like one of her songs. I feel like I'm betraying Olivia Rodrigo. Like I know this girl now. I know who, who they're talking about. Um, so yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. But uh, you know, it's cool that she can attract older millennials to her music. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny because I mean, speaking of like the drama behind everything. I mean, with with Casey Musgraves' divorce mm-hmm. and this being her new album, being a divorce album. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the stuff I've read and just from like listening to it, it feels more about like a personal journey, less mm-hmm. about like a divorce. There's not a lot of like you know mud throwing or anything and um i I kind of appreciate that they've kept that part of it private Mm -hmm. and uh i i actually listened more to rustin kelly because of that ep okay and i knew i knew him because like oh he's casey musgrave's husband the one that broke her heart (laughs) (laughs) and uh that's that was my introduction to him because i knew of her before i knew him yeah and i think it's just cool that they are able she's able to like put out an album make some art out of this and still be able to keep things civil and not make it tabloidy right yeah and it's sad, sad too because i i don't know if you've heard of her song late to the party mm-hmm. um that one was like God, i was like when i heard that i was like they must have like this amazing relationship like that's <laughs> goals like that's what i want that sounds so cute and now hearing all this like oh no i didn't know too much about the relationship but she does kind of drag him on breadwinner yeah yeah i was like yeah air all, all that stuff you let him have it um but i feel like honestly with breadwinner when I heard the first like verse, I was like, hey, this is going to be good. And I kind of wanted her to go harder on there. I wanted it to be a little bit longer. <laughs> I feel like she repeated, like it was a lot of repetition and I wanted more juicy details. But like you said, maybe they're trying to keep it, you know, as dry as possible. She doesn't owe it to us to tell her, to tell us everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's just the most interesting thing because she, I feels like she did enough to have catharsis mm-hmm. and she doesn't, yeah, you're right. She doesn't yeah. owe anything to us. And, yeah, she doesn't owe us anything. and I'm sure they're still like, feelings there mm-hmm. for the person maybe you're yeah. not in love with that person anymore but they're still yeah. you know someone you spent a lot of your time with but i was expecting like um was it cardi b's album her oh, yeah. uh, was she invasion of privacy <laughs> yeah. that was like juicy stuff and i was like yes give me more <laughs> uh, that's cardi b um but uh yeah breadwinner i can't i can't i guess i can't i although i did see one of my girlfriends was gifted like the the actual album gift set and it was pretty cool like there was a with it you get like a what is it? A monogrammed handkerchief to dry your tears. Oh yeah. And like all of the art has like kind of like this teary iridescent look to it. And it has like 
a broken like the, the broken hearted like necklace pendant thing so I thought that was cool I was like I kind of want one of those just <laughs> to be a what, what were they calling it sad girl fall or sad girl autumn or something oh, like yeah. that hot girl summer's over it's sad girl fall <laughs> so yeah have you watched the like film the Starcross mm. film it's on Paramount Plus and I don't have Paramount Plus and I, I don't want to do the trial yet yeah but I've seen like parts of it and it's definitely like an A24 type movie like it's okay. very like the cinematography looks really great yeah. and I'm really interested in it, but I've heard it's very cheesy really? and like very like there's things that she does. I, I, she's for as progressive as she is. She, she can appropriate a little bit. Right. And I'm not like the type of person who like jumps on that kind of thing, yeah. but it's also kind of like eye rolly to an extent. Okay. So watch I, it. I've heard mixed things, uh, but I've heard it's worth at least one watch just okay. to check it out. And it definitely tells that side of the story. It's, it's basically a component of the album. It's just something that it's a supplement to the album. Okay. So I think it's cool when, when artists do that, when they can make their audio more visual and, mm-hmm. and they're kind of putting everything out there. Um, the interesting thing about this album is that she said most of these songs were written after she did this like huge acid trip. Oh, wow. And she's okay. a, a big component of like, you know, of, of, of drug culture in yeah. a safe environment. Right, right, right. And it, it's very, it's very, it's just so interesting to hear her talk about it because it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel yeah. like she's trying to be cool. Right, right. Um, and in the sense that she's just talking about, it. she has that one song about um, follow your arrow. Yeah, that was like when I first learned about her was that song. And, and yeah, it's very like, it's almost like, I don't want to say nihilistic, but it's very like, in the sense like, oh, do what you want to do. I don't care if you want to do this, smoke a bowl. Or yeah. if you don't, don't. Oh, yeah, you no, know? it's up to you. Yeah, so she's just seems like a really cool person to be around. And I think that's the type of, like, I, it's kind of like, if you like Casey Musgraves, you must be cool too. Uh, <laughs> because you can't just be, you're not gonna be like a really judgmental person listening to Casey Musgraves. I don't feel like I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, you've heard the song Drugstore, uh, Drugstore Cowgirl, right? I don't know if I have. It's on her, It's on pageant material. I think it's her third album or second album. Second album. Okay, no, I don't think I have. So that song came from, for one thing, it's like a, it's almost like a love letter to Texas. San mm-hmm. Antonio gets a name check in there. What? Okay, the now Walk. I gotta go listen yeah. to it. Now I gotta go listen to it for sure. Um, and uh, she was telling this story about how she came up with that song because when she was a kid, she used to perform this like little country band. She was like eight mm-hmm. or nine, and they would have these like little red like cowgirl hats that they Cute. would pin on and she put hers like back towards the end like uh-huh. the like the old Annie Oakley yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. ads and stuff and someone one of her like friends moms came up to her and was like don't wear your hat like that you look like a drugstore cowgirl and she's like why well, am a drugstore cowgirl <laughs> you know that, that kind of was the pre- pre- precipice of that song very on brand for yeah. her right her what is it villain origin story <laughs> yeah <laughs> for real yeah that's awesome she's she, she's and on top of that like I just think the aesthetics of her are great like I mentioned to her her uh, outfits and like her long straight hair, and she's just a meme herself. Or like a like that gif of her winning the award. Have you seen that one where she's in the audience? She's making those really funny yeah. faces. Yeah, she's just a all around multifaceted person to to just be in love with. Um, she's great. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think that's kind of the appeal to her music. Yeah. I think her music is good, but I think a lot of it is just like I'm rooting for her. Yeah, <laughs> the persona. The yeah. yeah, and then. Uh, she had, I don't know if they're still together, what this whole story was, but she had posted like a, a soft reveal of like a boyfriend or whoever she's dating now. And it was like, I was so, I was too invested in this. Like she posted <laughs> like little snaps of him, I think writing poetry yeah. in like a bathtub or something. And I was like, oh my God, okay, she leveled up. And then like we have Slack at work. Um, and like where our team is mostly women and like we were just going like, did you see Casey Musgraves' story? And like, <laughs> who is this man? And he's like a writer. And that's like whenever she does something, you can tell like my whole Twitter timeline is just like girls referring to whatever, women referring to whatever Casey Musgraves is doing. <laughs> um, she's one of those people that you just want to be her friend. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know. It's like, okay, soft review of the boyfriend. Who is he now? Like <laughs> drop his. We want to investigate. We want to know who he is. We approve. Yeah. It's like she could be part of the girl group. Um, so I don't know who that guy is, but I remember him being some type of poet or writer and I don't know what the stance is now, but now I want to hear like her love music. Like if she's in love with him and he's a poet, like I'm kind of interested, interested to see if her music is going to change a little bit or what that's going to be like. Hopefully they stay together because I remember him being good looking. <laughs> so yeah, I'm too invested in her love life now. <laughs> I mean, not that she's putting it out there necessarily for a reason, but like, I mean, obviously she's putting it out there probably because she's happy. Yeah. But that is part of the brand too. And the brand yeah. is uh, like, you are interested in everything she does. Like yeah. if she had a reality show, she'd probably like, be really successful with that too yeah yeah definitely um like I said like I love I think Miranda Lambert's really cool but like I don't have that same 
appeal like she doesn't appeal to me and I don't I guess because I don't know what the difference is but um because I think Miranda Lambert's very open about she has a song literally called like Vice and like she's open about her breakup with like Blake Shelton and that's all been very drawn out and in the public eye and she's very open with like she talks about like her drinking or like heartbreak and things that she's done wrong but I don't know I just like do not have that connection that I do with Casey Musgraves I don't know what why that is but she it's different very different and I, I can't put my finger on what it is I think it's generational you think so yeah I, I think that be. there's definitely I mean she's of the old Miranda Lambert's more like the old guard and mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with that I just think that it's it's hard to relate to those things mm-hmm. um for 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 most people I guess um especially just I mean I think the thing that I, I see with Casey Musgraves a lot is just that she's just very like relatable mm-hmm. um I mean she's she has songs talking about going through your, her camera roll, you know, and yeah, how depressing that was. Good, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just stuff and it, it's not hokey. It's not like, you know, like he says, not pandering in any way, but it's also very like, Oh, like I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like <laughs> celebrities are just like us. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we're kind of coming here to bring it full circle. We've talked about Casey Musgraves a lot, yeah. but uh, do you have anything? Ringing. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, do you have anything else you want to add about her, the song? Brooks and Dunn. No, just everybody. I just like I said earlier. I my biggest takeaway from that song and thing I always say is I want everybody to be as obsessed with it as I am. <laughs> I don't even remember how long ago it came out. Was it 2019? Yeah, 2019. yeah. And I'm still talking about it. Um, go listen to it. It's it's uh, you won't be disappointed if you just give it a few listens. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything? Anything I want to plug? Hmm. No, I wish I did. I wish I had like a. An album to promote or anything? Let me see. <laughs> no, just go read my essay. Um, yeah, we have a lot of good. We're in a really cool transition period right now. I feel like my essay was always, it was a breaking news site. So you would get, you know, whatever you can get on our our fellow news outlets like KSAT, Kent's Five. But now we're doing a lot of really cool experiential pieces. Um, and it's kind of like a, a learning and writing for me too because I'm so focused. I was always so trained to do breaking news, get everything out in like 10 minutes, be very objective, um, not really be able to share your own experiences and your own um, views on things. And so now we're in this cool, we're, we're becoming more of like a lifestyle brand. And I'm really enjoying seeing where it's going because I can share a little bit of my memories. That's how I unlocked that Taylor Swift memory. So I was like, wow, why did I have such a good fond memories of this hemisphere park arch, like just weird structure. And I, it's just, it's, we're putting out a lot of interesting content um, and we're, uh, very Latina, very, uh, like, oh, we have a big, uh, we have a big Latina influence. We're mostly women, but we have, our whole team's great. So, yeah, get out there and read it. Awesome. <laughs> I got lost there, but we all have different interests. Um, one of my best friends actually works with me, and she is really, she's going through a journey on her own and she's getting a lot of really good benefits about being out and doing trails and hiking and stuff which is not me you'll never get that experience for me but she's discovering all these cool little parks that people are really enjoying and I think that's really cool for San Antonio because we're not seen as like an outdoorsy yeah city but she's finding all these little hidden gems and she writes about them and um, she's finding a lot of success in doing that and it's working for us and it's working for her which I think is awesome so she's like on her Casey Musgraves like self-discovery journey that's <laughs> awesome um, and with me you'll get a lot of food nightlife fun things to do because that's more my brand so talk, going back to brands that's more my stuff I will never be outside hiking somewhere she took me somewhere hiking with her and I had a literal panic attack oh yeah yeah I ran out of water the trail was never ending and I was like I'm never doing this again I got so much anxiety <laughs> but she rocks it so yeah give us a read that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think evergreen content is definitely like the future of mm-hmm. journalism in general. And and I think that one, it's nice to like learn about the writers, to mm-hmm. learn about you guys and, and to see what, what shows from there. Because I yeah. mean, just writing stuff that you don't care about is the yeah. worst thing. Well, I've, I've noticed that too, because I just got promoted to a food and culture editor. And so I'm getting to hone in on things that I already found success in doing before, but it was kind of like, okay, I would do these breaking news things and these passion pieces were what I could do like throughout the week. But now I'm getting to do that's front and center. And I wrote a really cool story about um, there's a Latino bookstore opening on the West side. And like, I could already tell like the interview was so much better because I had so much passion behind it. Like the, the interview was great. I had time to take on it and the story is awesome. And it's an important story. It's not just writing, you know, fluff or anything like this matters because of book deserts, literary deserts, and this is going to change the way students around the area 
interact with literature. Um, and, you know, it might get another big group of West Side students that have become like poets of the year, the Texas poet. Like the possibilities are endless just because somebody's decided to open up a Latino bookstore and put Latino authors and creators on a, on a higher level. So, yeah, so it's 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 going great. We're in a, we're in a transition period, but I think we're we're doing great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And one last question. Where's the best place to get tacos? Oof, that's a loaded Where's question. Where's your best place to get tacos? Okay, if we're t- I, have a, I have a theory, and I don't want to get crucified for this. But I feel like it's not hard to find good breakfast tacos in San Antonio. I feel like it's all about proxi- proximity. Like, the ones nearest to you are going to be your favorite because they're so close. Like, yeah. I don't think you're going to drive across town to <laughs> go get a breakfast taco. For example, there's this place people keep telling me to go to called Tacos and Salsa. And I don't... I don't doubt that it's great i've heard so many good reviews about it but it's so far from me and i'm like eh, i'm not gonna get up early on a saturday morning to drive across <laughs> and get a taco but i will say like mini tacos taquitos i to the, will take this to the grave this is the hill i will die on there's a place by my house called la imagen taqueria they are so good it's like the way they fry the tortilla or something the beans are amazing it's cash only it's five or it used to be five for five now it's six dollars for five tacos you can mix and match it comes with beans on point. Um, on top of that, it's, there's another. There's a truck called MB Norteño, and they park outside Rumble most days on the St. Okay. Mary Strip. They are awesome too. Um, but La Imagen, they're the best. The only bad thing is that their hours are a little shifty. <laughs> like sometimes my friends are always like, "Can you go drive to the corner and see if they're open?" Because they'll just randomly close. Um, but they're so good that my friends from Austin will come drive down just to have oh, yeah. those tacos. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I loved it. Thank you all so much for having me.